Good morning, Patriots. And today is Friday, December 15th in the year 2023. I just watched some footage here that I'm kind of stunned by. We're going to watch here in a minute. We'll at least we'll see how it. I'll talk it through. A Ukraine deputy just walked into a meeting and detonated grenades in a council meeting. Hmm. Obviously, things aren't going so well. That's one way of starting your Friday morning. Hi, folks. How are you doing? I have a grenade. I'm going to pull a pin, and we're going to blow each other to oblivion. And so he did. So what can you say? What amazing way to start your day. Patriots, one thing <laughs> is speaking of keeping yourself in good order and good shape, make sure you have your self-defense plan in place for your, for your family. Make sure you keep your skills sharp. Keep yourself at the ready. That means keeping your skills of self-defense always polished and sharp, even if you don't have time to get to the range, and even more so when we look at that these days, it's the cost of ammo, the availability of ammo, and the cost and time availability for range time. So what do we do? Well, you get what you need. It's just called an, an iTarget Pro. That's the letter iTargetPro.com. iTarget Pro is a beautiful device designed to be able to train in the safety of your home all the best techniques to improve your muzzle, muzzle control, trigger pull, your sight alignment, all those great things that are necessary for good shooting. And it, it does so using a laser bullet and dry fire techniques, which I have used and trained with actually to this day. Dry fire techniques are fantastic for improving your overall performance on the range. All you have to do is go to itargetpro.com, itargetpro.com. Use your promo code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. You'll get 10% off and free shipping. It's a fantastic system. It is one that's designed to hook up with your cell phone so you can also tie in with other people around the web and compare your scores and even compete if you want to. Definitely improves your overall performance and it allows you also to teach your family this gun handling safety and the comfort of your home. And it reduces all those other things like range time costs and ammo costs. So again, itargetpro.com, itargetpro.com. Use your promo code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, for 10% off and free shipping. Okay, let's listen to this footage. This is crazy. I just got this this morning. And I mean, it, it's it's kind of wild. We got some guy coming in. He's standing at the door. This dude is standing at the door. The council meeting's arguing. He's now taking out of his pocket something. Oh, look, it's a grenade. And not one, but two. In the council meeting, he's now telling them that he has a grenade. Oh, one on the floor, two on the floor, three on the floor. Wow. Well, to tell you the truth, they didn't come out too well out of that deal. Whether you realize it or not, when you throw three grenades in the room, in a room the size of a classroom, small classroom with, with council members packed inside, believe it or not, you don't do well. So that's what the news is from Ukraine. Obviously, things are, someone says, so what does that mean? It means there's dead councilmen. That's what it means. It means that apparently the war is not going well. And um, it's going so well that you feel compelled to blow up your council. So apparently victory is not exactly as Zelensky was hoping. People are not happy. And it just means general chaos. So it's just something good to start our morning with. And uh, 
<laughs> Someone says that was going to say besides dead people. Well, this is, uh, as they say in chat, yeah, sometimes speaking the obvious is the only thing I can tell you. I don't know what it means about Ukraine. Obviously, it doesn't mean that there's great things going on there. So anyway, there's Ukraine for you in a nutshell. Is that exciting? A great way to start our Friday. People say, thank you, uh, Bart. Oh, I don't know why you bothered. Well, just wanted to let you know that in other parts of the world, things don't always go as well as they planned either. We're not the only country that's upside down and screwed up right now. We shared the pain with the world. That's what that is. That's a sharing the pain moment. And it was sharing the pain moment. I'll tell you. What an insane crock of hooey that we have going on in this country right now. It is really, you have to admit, going into the holidays, it's like we don't really have a government. Here, here's the headline. So here's here's a good example. It says, what does that blowing up in the council room mean? Like this, 400,000 Ukrainians were killed in this war. That's <laughs> That's like the city of Portland got erased. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. There's, there's a part of me, I know this is dark, but if we could swap Portland for Ukraine, like, wow, okay. Forgive me, Lord, that was a dark thought, I know, but it was sure about cleansing the evil out of this nation. That's what we're talking about here. Imagine if all of those, it would be really great to imagine. I am in quite a mood this morning, so look out. This would be, it would be amazing if we could imagine that those 400,000 Ukrainians weren't actually Ukrainians, but in, instead were lizard heads. Now, then I'd be going, now that's something. That's a statistic I want to take to bed. Oh, my goodness gracious. We have so many cities that are filled with lizard heads. I haven't even used that term for a while. And here you go. I'll tell you. Cleanse the lizard heads out of the country. Uh, you know, we just have so much of this garbage going on, and there's so much lack of moral base in this nation. I know I talk about it all the time, but it is. And it's true, and it's because people don't really care. Now, Patriots, we're going to do the same thing we did yesterday. I'm going to chat a bit. We're going to do the prayer near the end. We got off on our timing a bit, a little bit today. Yes, moral base of a nation. We are truly dealing with elites that want nothing more than to enslave us. There are two categories of the elites. There are those in the elite class that want us to believe that we, have a, we can use our free will to be free. When in fact, all they really want you to do is be free within the systems of money that they create. Both classes of elites want the same thing in the end. They want to control everything about you and I and our access to whatever the world is that we're supposed to have. And all of them want a corporatocracy. And that corporatocracy is designed ultimately to use a backdoor around things to destroy our constitution. This is the part that we have to somehow put an end to in the end and when we get through this fight. Corporations, whether you realize it or not, are set up to last forever. They're a never-ending situation as long as they pay their annual fee. So once a corporation is set up, it becomes immortal. And it has rights like a person. This is what they've done. This is a great backdoor creation in the legal structure that allows them to defeat the Constitution. Furthermore, corporations have been given authorities outside of the Constitution. How this happened, I'm not really sure, but they consider it part of private property concepts so that essentially you can have all sorts of rights. Here's a great example, social media accounts. If you and I in, this, in the world use social media against somebody, there are some liabilities, but a corporation can find out that you're doing things on your private social media account. You have no private property in, in the corporate realm. And even though you're living at home 
if you're posting stuff on the social media account that affects the corporate image and brand, and they can translate that to a loss in value, which ties in with the fundamental issue in our constitution about property rights, then they can shut you down or fire you. And they can actually demand that you remove your own social media posts or that you can be fired. That's the world in which we currently live. The corporate model, as we know it, has to be dismantled in order for us to be successful as in resetting a republic. And it can never be allowed to rise again. Corporations are a structure that have been specifically created for tax issues to and for liability protection and to circumvent the Constitution. And that's what we fight against every single day. You'll notice that in COVIDCon, if you paid a lot of attention to what was going on, the reason that they were able to bypass all the rules of the Constitution with the regulations is because your state is a corporation. The federal government is a corporation. Your county is a corporation. Your city is a corporation. Take a look. Check it out. And so they were doing directives from federal government to state governments, state governments to key county and city governments. They weren't going to the people. They weren't being issued as a proxy or decree under the Constitution. They were using their corporate partnerships to accomplish these things. So imagine that a state capital, for example, is a, is a corporation. Whatever it is deemed as the property of the state is now in corporate holdings. So when you create a fence around something, you're essentially establishing that as the boundaries of that corporate state which translates in very simple terms is we have been occupied for a very long time. Each of these corporate holdings is represents an occupation on U.S. soil. And those occupations then tie in with a deeper aspect of the Constitution where the Constitution itself takes us back to the Act of 1871, the hijacking of the Constitution, and the establishment of a federal corporation to manage and control the Republic of the United States. The Republic was erased, essentially, bypassing it, from the people into the corporate entity. So now I want you to go to the next piece, which is pretty phenomenal when you think about voting. Because we're voting in corporate board members, we're not actually voting in people, they get to rig the vote because they also own and control the corporate machines. So it's all one big game that they can legally justify. And those games that they play give them legal liability that prevent us from getting to the core of having a real representative republic. No matter how we dice this, this corporate model has to be eliminated in any future version of the United States. And once we eliminate the corporate model, then we start to get back to what things should be, which are trusts and private trusts in particular and limited holdings so that we're not expanding and, and having people able to buy out and control more and more under the umbrella of one particular corporate name. This is a very significant idea because right now what you'll notice is that we come down to about 300 companies. It gets, to, it gets less, but in the, in the sense of the overall magnitude of this, we have 300 companies in the world that control everything that you know. So when you start to backtrack a brand, take some brand in your, in your store that you like to use, you keep going backwards up that chain, you're going to find that you're going to end up at just a handful of companies that own everything. That's because the way the corporate model is allowing it to do, it can grow its umbrella, have some sub-companies under its umbrella, but overall the entire thing is owned by just a handful of people. 
That's what's happened to us. All modeled by a corporate model that gives them authorities outside of governments, which allows them to start creating something called a corporate private or a corporatocracy, which they love to use the term public-private partnership. It's a complete sham. Wall Street is built on that sham. And what Wall Street does then is it takes those shells and it has you dump in money into them. And it tells you that you can make money on your retirement and get rich. And many people do just that. They leave their jobs. They pursue the pursuit of stock and, and stock trading to try to make the money that they want so that they don't have to be participant in a regular job. This lack of a regular job detaches men, again, from the substance of who they are. There's nowhere in biblical sense anywhere that says that we should be living a retired life. In fact, quite to the contrary. But this is the selling of the lie that has happened so effectively. But here's the worst part about corporations and, tra and trading of stock. This is why this system becomes so beautifully organized to never be, to be so difficult to tear apart. When you put money into stock, what you're doing is you're putting money into the corporate model, which by design is designed not only to work outside of the Constitution as its own entities and its own empires, but it's equally designed to be able to extract wealth from your fellow man. What they, they tell you this. They're like, we, we give you capital as a company when you invest. It's like we're, we're providing capital for a company to operate. What they're really telling you is, we are going to keep wages suppressed and bonuses suppressed so that a class of, of people that invest in us as a corporation can benefit off of the labor of the workers in that company. So what they have created is they've created a master-slave class, a master and slave relationship that fits everybody's home. If you are participating in the stock market, you are participating in extracting wealth off of another person's labor. That is not biblical, by the way. It's everything but biblical. The whole principle of the stock market is sinful. End of story. And there's nothing in there that's good about it. There's nothing in there that's human about it. I have not, I've dabbled in the stock market like three times. Every time I lost, and I mean dabbled and I get out, I don't touch stocks. And I don't principally touch them for many, many reasons. Because once you understand the relationship of what's going on, it would be like you going out and chopping wood. And you're going to chop wood for your family for the winter. And you've chopped 10 cords of wood. But suddenly when you come to bring those 10 cords of wood home, someone's going to take two, sometimes three cords from you. And you're like, why is this happening? It's like, well, because we help fund your axe. And you said, yes, but I've already paid off that axe, right? Except that now you never changed the relationship with us. So we have people that invested money in that that are expecting a return. Your labor now becomes part of our labor. And so you end up with seven cords of wood instead of 10. That's what stock returns do. That is what the whole principle of the system does in very, very fundamental issue, fundamental ways. So we have built this crazy relationship in our world where people are literally building whole retirement, retiring their lives on private stocks, which is your 401ks, your, your, your uh, private investment, managing these funds and thinking it's, it's like, this is a great way for me to make a living. Well, it's a great way to, for you to suck the lifeblood out of somebody else. You become vampiric. And as a nation, we have become a vampiric nation where we are sucking the lifeblood off of each other for the benefit of our own retirement. That is at the core of everything Wall Street is, everything the, the corporate model is, and everything that stock trading is. So for those of you out there that are involved in stock trading as a business, I'm simply going to tell you, and I'm not kidding, it is, it is not biblical. 
you're, you're doing exactly opposite of what God has asked us to do. So if you want to call that a sin, I would, then there you go. I would repent. But anyway, that's, I'm, that's the truth about stocks. And that's why it becomes so difficult to unwind a system. Because when you start to tear a system down, the first thing that happens is people say, oh, but what about my pension? What about my, my stocks? What about my investments? And they run to that before they run to the right thing to do. Now, how does that apply? And we'll just kind of focus this here and then we'll go into our prayer. But watch how this applies. If you're a border agent and you know that you're going against the Constitution or you're a teacher and you know that you're going against the Constitution and what's right for a child, the first thing they have to do is go, if you don't do this, you will be suspended and potentially lose your pension. And immediately it's like, oh, my goodness, all this money that I've put aside here for my retirement is going to be gone. My salary will be affected. I can't afford to do this. I will obey. And suddenly the world gets very small and you start to realize how much power the system has. These are all truths. And it's a dark truth about a system that was designed under the structure of Babylon. This is all part of what we call Babylonian money magic. And Babylonian money magic is a phenomenal power because at the end of the day, a single dollar worth absolutely nothing, a piece of paper, we will invest our full labor that God gave us into to receive our, give our labor away in exchange for a piece of paper that has no value. God's value is based on things that create life, seeds, children, cattle, land. Those are things that are about life and prosperity that grow. But the Babylonian world is about trading all of that for something that's worth nothing, paper. Now, go to Jesus flipping tables. This is a very important part of understanding what happened there. They were coming in and they were seeking blessings for them to be accepted into heaven. This is the concept of what the Pharisees were doing. You were buying your way into heaven. And they were taking the, the money, they were bringing in their offerings, which is what God would want, offerings of, say, doves or chickens, and they were giving them to the money changers that were running the, the, the tables outside of the temple. When Jesus flipped those tables, he was flipping something very significant. They were converting the gift of the heart and your labor that was being brought to the temple into dollars, the version of dollars, money, which was of Babylon, so that the Pharisees could take that gift or offering and put it literally in their pocket and use it for what they wanted. That right there is where the flipping of the tables comes from. Because as Jesus flips the tables, he's disrupting and protesting and making it very clear that God is unhappy with this moment where you are literally taking the blessings of the heart and the labors that God gave people to turn it into something that you could spend on yourself. Our system's not gotten any better. It's just gotten the same, it's just bigger and more sophisticated. Right now, our world pivots around a principle of us being going to the money changers and every time we do this for our retirement accounts, you know, when I talk a lot about having gold transferred to your retirement accounts transferred to gold, it's to get you out of that system. Go to a precious metals based. It's not a trade anymore. It's now part of something substantial. So it's, we're trying to break away. We're trying to get back to gold, trying to get back to silver, trying to get back to the substantive things of value and wealth. And at the core of all of that is land. And that is what they want to take away from every single person. If you struggle with the idea that all of this waters down to two things, destroying the family and taking away birthrights to land, then just ask yourself two questions. 
Why so much emphasis on destroying the family? And why so much emphasis on taking the land away from everybody? To quote the WEF, you will own nothing, you will rent everything, and you will be happy. I love that last part, you'll be happy. Apparently, 5G is going to be very effective at putting a smile on your face as they rape your family and steal everything you've worked for. That should be a little frightening right there. So, with that said, at 24 minutes after the hour, we're going to do a great prayer of warfare today and try to break down some of those principalities. Join me. Father God, we just want to thank you this morning for a beautiful morning as we come into this season now where we celebrate life, and life is such a powerful thing to celebrate and be part of. And so, Father, we want to raise our prayers up for life, not for death. We want to speak against the spell cast to come against us and rebuke them for anything that tries to take life away. Father, we are in a time now when we have to come to the darker and heavier realities of what we are participant in, and part of that is accountability. That accountability looks at us very deeply and acknowledges the fact that as a nation, as a people, as a world, we have accepted the terms of Babylon to run our lives. We have looked towards the things of trading on somebody else's labor. We have looked at the places of benefited and profiting on somebody else's labor. We have looked at those tools to benefit and improve our own lives at the cost of another. Rather than using our gifts and talents in the way that you had intended, where we would build up a world and prosper under the things that you guide us to do, we have looked at a way to do nothing, to literally sit in a chair and to convince ourselves that we're doing work digitally while we make our labor, our life, and our wealth off of somebody else's hard labor that takes away from their ultimate profit and benefit themselves. This, Father, we, we begin with today just as a repentant place to say, forgive us as a nation, forgive us as a world for the sins which we have done. And we stand against this and stand in the gap and we rebuke this, breaking those chains, breaking those ties to the obsession of wealth and personal gain off of someone else's labor. We come out of agreement with that, and we speak this in a boldly from the wall, speak this across the nation, and as a nation, we sever those ties. We wield the sword of the Spirit, and we cut those ties free, and we break those bonds that have put onto people's hearts, the delusions that have placed above, over people's eyes, to let them truly believe that it is a good thing. It's a, is even worse. It is, a, it is something you aspire to, to be able to trade on other people's lives. This is the trading on life force is what we're doing. And each step of the way that we do this, we are degrading the nation and wearing the nation down for we become a nation feeding on itself. We become a vampiric nation that's sucking the blood and life and force out of each person while we try to consider ourselves benefiting from it and even worse, celebrate the fact of how much money we make in along the way so that we can have an easy retirement. Father, we also know that retirement is not part of kingdom's model supposed to be involved in prospering the, the, the kingdom each and every day of our lives until the day we, we move on. And this idea of having a, to work in a laborious way, hard and diligently saving money or exploiting money off of others until we get to a point where we have enough money that we can say we have it and then we can move on our way has become a native and natural way of looking at the world so that we can avoid the responsibilities of what kingdom is intended, thinking that that's the right way of doing things. So, Father, we're going to come against this today, and we, we, we pray against this, this demon of obsession and this demon, these demons of corruption of the heart that place the me before the, the collective body of Christ, that place the extraction of wealth from another above the love thy neighbor. 
And so, Father, we pray into the hearts of the many that are involved in this, and we breathe life into their heart, and we speak, love thy neighbor into their hearts. And we speak, love thy neighbor in a mighty way that detangles their connections to that which is of Babylon. And we rebuke the Babylonian model. In fact, we stand against the Babylonian model as we raise our hands and we say, Father, we will not allow this to go any further. And we rebuke the Babylonian model and cut the ties of the Babylonian model to a nation, to a world. And as we rage into the strongholds of heaven, we wage and siege war against the fortresses of Babylon, tearing down the walls, praying into the destruction of the very core of what Babylon is, destroying the money, money magic and the, and the magicians that control this, holding them up before the courts of heaven and holding them accountable for the things that they have done to have man destroy itself. We cut the strings and then we cut the ties that connect Babylon to the people below. And as we do this, we feel the chaos in the hearts raise. But let that chaos of the heart be one that they no longer know where to look. And in that moment of fear and panic as the enemy turns upon itself, let them hear the words of Jesus sing into their hearts so that they turn their eyes to heaven and recount for what they have done, to hold an account for what they have done and to repent for being part of a system that takes life from another. Father, however great this is, we we pray for a great shaking of this world, a shaking that literally tears the foundations out of Babylon as the walls of Babylon begin to shake. And with this will come the terror and the fear of many people who have participated in Babylon, even those that are Christian thinking they're doing the right thing, even those that are worshiping Jesus thinking they're doing the right thing, but whose lives have been pivoted and built on the foundations of Babylon, the idea of extracting wealth from another. And so, Father, we pray into those hearts and we say it is time for you to let it go, time for you to go through the refining fires, time for you to let all that was not silver burn away. Let the dross be separated. And in so doing, Father, let this great moment be like a whirlwind of fire that burns through a nation, that tears away these connections and these, these belief systems, rips away the false idols and places them at the feet of Jesus. And now let's the nation stand bare before you, understanding very clearly that what it has done and what it's accountable for is it has taken life from another. It has taken the principle of love thy neighbor and turned it into exploit thy neighbor. The darkest of dark things, the number one commandment Jesus gave us to love thy neighbor as I love, thy, love thyself, instead has turned it into exploit thy neighbor for the benefit of thyself. Forgive us, Father, for these sins. For this is the core of this fight. So much of it, exploiting one another, for the benefit of ourselves, tearing apart the family for the benefit of ourselves, separating ourselves from the birthright of land so that we can sell our land, land that we were intended to have for a few dollars that were worth literally nothing but paper. These are the core issues at play here, Father, that all this other illusion and all this other chaos deludes us from. And so, Father, we just pray for a forgiveness in this moment and this time, a grace to be given to us that says, Father, hear our hearts, a repenting heart of a nation, a mercy that says, stay thy hand of judgment and allow us as a nation to turn our eyes to you. And so we pray for that moment and pray into the hearts of the many that they may turn their eyes to you and say, forgive me, Father, for I am here and begin a massive reset in the spiritual awakening of the hearts of a nation. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Truly is something when you think about how sophisticated this system is, and it is very sophisticated, and it is very well designed to keep us enslaved to one another. We talk a lot about the enslavement economy, and it is, and it is a dead economy, and it is a lot of these things, but the critical part of this is not just that each of us has individual debt, 
but that so many of us have the benefit of wealth off another person's back. That's the principle of the stock market. Quite ingenious. We have to break it. So my words to you going into the season, which is not always easy because there's so much going on, but if you are heavily involved in stocks, I just ask you to pray on it. And if you think that I'm crazy, then find me a biblical scripture that says stock markets are good. But it's true what I'm telling you. I'm not saying this lightly. It's not a judgment, but it's a reality that we have to face because we hold ourselves accountable before the throne. And this is a big one. And stock meddling and stock leveraging is not what God intended because of the nature of the business. And in fact, there's so many scriptures that go quite to the contrary. So pray on that one. There's a, there's a pathway forward here that frees us all, and we have to find it. And when we find that pathway, we stop looking to Babylon to providing our future and start turning to God to providing the wealth and prosperity that we need and have needed all along. Patriots, tonight we're going to have, I'm planning on having Colonel Pink Chambers on tonight. I'm interviewing him here very shortly. And hopefully I'll have that interview ready for tonight. So that's kind of the plan. It will be a great interview when he comes on. So keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time and this place for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tonight for Bards FM. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made, therefore they can be solved by man, and man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable, and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs, and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who moved forward and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. 
the energy, the faith, the devotion which we bring to this endeavor will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples, it has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. Push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath. <laughs> 